Welcome to the RV Park Mastery Podcast, where you will learn the correct way to identify, evaluate, negotiate, perform due diligence on, renegotiate, finance, turn around, and operate RV parks. And now, here is your host, the fifth largest owner of RV and mobile home parks in the U.S., Frank Rolfe. Debt is a four-letter word. That's only because it has four letters, though, because debt's really a good thing for you if you're an RV park buyer. This is Frank Rolfe, the RV Park Mastery Podcast Series. We're going to be talking about debt at RV parks, how to get it, what the variety is, and the good and bad aspects of each one. Now, there's effectively three types of debt in America when you're buying an RV park. The first one is seller financing. This is our favorite. This is the classic of the industry. And what you have with seller debt is you have mom and pop who, when they sell you the RV park, are going to carry the paper. And this is a great win-win experience for everyone involved. They're going to get a really nice interest rate on their money. You're going to get a loan without the terror of going to a bank and the rejection of going to multiple banks, going through loan committees, etc., You also have the ability to close quickly after the end of your due diligence. And it always gives you great peace of mind when mom and pop are carrying the paper. Because if the RV park was not a good deal, why would they carry the paper? It'd be suicidal. You'd be right back after them in the first month saying, wait, I'm not meeting any of your projections. You lied to me. You committed fraud. So seller financing is, in fact, everyone's favorite form of financing. So how do you get that? How do you get seller financing? Well, here is the short form for getting seller financing. It's all about the seller and their own selfish interests, which fuel them to do seller debt. So what am I talking about? Well, let's just look at this factually. If I buy an RV park from mom and pop and I give them a suitcase full of money and they run down to AG Edwards and say, hey, AG Edwards, I've got a suitcase full of money and I want to invest it. So how does that work? Well, they will say to them, okay, are you a conservative investor or not? And they'll say, I'm very, very conservative. I am afraid of my own shadow. I don't want to lose a single penny. So the stockbroker will say, well, in that case, all I can put you in are treasuries and CDs, and those pay about 1.5% interest, right? Now, at the same time, with the seller finance note, they'll get about 5% interest, which is anywhere from three to five times more than they will get at AG Edwards. So basically, every dollar that they sell or finance with you, they will get an interest rate that is typically two or three times higher than what they'll get in any other form of investment. So when sellers carry debt, they're not always doing that out of altruism, although that does have something to do with it, because sellers do typically like the buyer and want to help them. But equally important, they love the fact that they're getting a high rate of return. And another factor is they also love the collateral. The collateral is the RV park that they built from scratch, typically owned and operated and have known for years. And as a result, that gives them peace of mind that if anything bad should ever happen, well, it's okay because they can go ahead and just take the RV park back over just as they did in the olden days. When they invest in something foreign to them, such as a bond in John Deere Corporation, they have no control over that bond. They know nothing about the collateral of the bond. They know that if the bond stops paying, it's probably worthless. So for these very many reasons, sellers actually prefer to carry paper 
but you have to be easy for them to do it with. You must always treat them with the utmost respect and timeliness, because if they don't feel that you are someone who can be trusted, even if it manifests itself just over if you're late to a single meeting, then they won't want to make the loan because they're afraid you won't make your payments on time. So another issue is you need to bond with the seller. Sellers love creating paper for those that they like and trust. Spend time with your RV park seller, both on the phone or in person. The more that they spend time with you and like you, the more easy it will be for them to carry debt for you because then they'll know who you are, what you're all about, and the fact that you will make a payment every month. Now, Another item on seller financing is the down payment. Typically, the down payment on a seller note is going to be 20%, but we've done 12 zero down, and we've done plenty of 5% downs and 10% down. So there's no set amount as far as the down payment on it. The amortization is typically 30 years. That's good. The note term, that's the part that's very variable. And let me give you a few words of advice on that. Now, we think that any node on any form of real estate, particularly RV parks, you need to start addressing that note renewal or expiration at least one year ahead. So that means if you have a three-year note from mom and pop, you only have two years of happiness before you're out there trying to replace them as the note holder. And we don't think that's enough time because you also want to season your improvements over a few years. So really, you need at least a five-year note is the bottom line. That would give you two years to improve the operations of the RV park, two years to season that number prior to financing, and then gives you one year to replace the note. But even then, five years to us isn't as much as we would like. We would rather get longer than five. We always shoot to try and get a 10-year note. If we can't get a 10, we'd be happy with a seven. A seven would be great. That would give me five or six years before I have to worry about refinancing, but never get in the trap where mom and pop want to carry only for a very short time, like a one or two year note. That will not do you any good. In fact, that will get you into more harm than good. When you have a short, short loan from mom and pop, what always happens is you really are not tested in the world of banking yet. What if you go out to the banks to replace the note and you find the part for whatever reason is not bank material and they won't make a loan on it? You would have been better off not buying the park in the first place, correct? So a seller note to be a worthy note has to be long-term orientation. Also, make sure in any seller note you have that you use a good seller note form, not something written on the back of an envelope. The note should be identical to that of an actual bank. So what does a seller note need to look like? Well, go get an actual bank note. Now take out any term that you don't like. Take out the ability for them to call the note and all that kind of thing. So it just needs to be a payment every month at a certain interest rate. But make sure you also have protections. You want to make sure the title is in your name and the seller is acting simply as a bank. So it's very important you have an attorney look at that seller note and vet the note and make sure the note gives you everything that you need. One final item of seller notes have always historically been non-recourse, which means the worst case scenario you have in the property is if you screw it up, all you lose is your down payment but they have no ability to come after you for any loss on the note. So non-recourse is another attractive portion of seller note. Now let's move on to banking. Banks, we all know what they are. We drive by them every day. Big banks, small banks, banks with branches and banks without branches. For RV parks, traditionally the best banks to hit are those small banks, the ones that have one branch or two branches and not the ones that have 20, 30, 40, 50. Because most banks don't really fully understand RV parks to begin with, 
And the small banks, they're more open to new ideas than the big banks, which look at everything as being a cookie-cutter item that just goes on one kind of box or another. When you're looking for a bank for an RV park, choose a bank that's in the area of the RV park itself. If you're looking at an RV park in Omaha, Nebraska area, your number one bank will come out of Omaha. That's because a bank in the area already knows the area. They already know the collateral, and typically they already may even know the RV park. So try and stick close to home. Small town banks are just great. Those smaller banks typically are just like mom and pops. You've got one or two people often that own the entire bank. They make the decision, and then it's back to mom and pop 101. If they like you, if they bond with you, they'll do the deal with you. And if they don't like you, they won't. So banks can be perfectly fine financiers of RV parks. Now, let's go over the typical terms. The interest rate on a bank loan right now in the U.S. is going to run between 5 and 6%. That's not bad. That's very reasonable. I was around during the Ronald Reagan era when it was 17%. So I think 5 to 6% sounds pretty darn good in my opinion. The amortization is typically 25-year to 30-year. So that's perfectly fine. But the one item you have to watch out on a bank loan is the length of the loan. Because unlike mom and pop who can send it anything they want, bankers have their own regulations and internal guidelines. Seek out loans that are longer term in nature. Try and find bank loans that go out 10 years if you can. And if you can't get to 10, sometimes with banks, you have to settle for five. But once again, don't do one or two-year terms. That won't do you any good. You'll be living in ultimate terror at all times, having to find a new loan almost as soon as you sign up the old one. Also, banks typically have recourse, which means if you default on the loan and there's a loss in selling the loan off, they can come after you personally for the amount of the loss. So if you say, well, I don't want to do recourse debt, well... You still have the option with regular small bank debt to often do non-recourse, but it will change the amount you put down. Almost every bank will do non-recourse if you put 50% down. Some will do it if you put 40% down. A few might do it if you put down 30%. But talk to the bank if you hate the idea of recourse and just see what you can get done. And you may find there is an option out there that meets what you want. The final way to finance an RV park is called conduit debt also known as CMBS or commercial mortgage-backed security debt. So what is conduit debt? Well, it's basically a bank loan that gets compiled into a big pile of loans. Then these are sold on Wall Street through a process called securitization. Nothing wrong with them, although you're saying, wait a minute, the 2007 Great Recession, wasn't that triggered by the collapse of single-family CMBS debt? And the answer is yes, it was. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking commercial debt. Commercial debt has never caused a national recession, to my knowledge. It's very different than your single-family home loans. These loans come in piles where each loan itself is in the millions and millions of dollars, unlike those single-family securitizations, which are often in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. At any rate, the good parts of the conduit note are, number one, they're typically a 10-year term. We like that. They're non-recourse. We like that. And they're 70% loan-to-value which means they get an appraisal and do 70%. So it's not really a set amount down. It might be 30% down or it might be 18% down. It's all going to appraised amount. So that's good. Now, some unusual parts of the conduit note that you need to know. Number one is how to get them. It's very, very difficult unless you use a loan broker. If you use a loan broker, of which we like, MJ Bukovich at Bellwether. We also like Security Mortgage Group. If you use a loan broker, they do all the work for you. They go out, they obtain the loan, they come to you and say, I found a loan, here's the terms, 
or sometimes here are the terms on three different lenders. This is the one I would recommend. It makes your life so easy and more stress-free. So that's one important item. Another one is when you do a conduit loan, you cannot prepay that loan. If you have a 10-year note, you are not going to be able to afford to prepay that until you get near the end. And that's because in a conduit loan, you have to pay what's called defeasance, which is a penalty, which can be very, very high. I've seen them as high as 30% of the entire loan just as the penalty. They do that because these are not bank loans. They have no ability to prepay the American public. So they have to keep making the interest. So what happens is you have to buy enough treasury bills as the borrower for the sum of all the payments till the end of the note plus the principal. Very, very, very expensive stuff. So if you're going to use conduit lending, that's more long-term debt. You would never do that if you intend on buying and then selling the properties in a very short time window. So those are your various types of debt out there. You've got seller, you've got bank, you've got conduit. Don't forget, debt is a four-letter word, but it's a great four-letter word. It's a very positive one. What makes real estate an attractive investment is the ability to obtain leverage, and leverage is debt, and debt is good. This is Frank Roth for the RV Park Mastery Podcast Series. Hope you enjoyed this segment. We'll be back again soon. Thank you for listening to the RV Park Mastery Podcast. Be sure to visit us at www.rvparkmastery.com, where you can learn the correct way to identify, evaluate, negotiate, perform due diligence on, renegotiate, finance, turn around, and operate in RV parks.